You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. And now drops it, Kane shoots, trickling puck, Nordstrom reaches out with his left leg and kicks it away from Lynette. I was going in. tight, Huberdeau trying to go back into forehand, they score. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, baby! Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Friday. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Well, here's the good news. It's Friday. And uh, it's a long weekend. Yeah. There's good news. Woohoo! Yahoo! Um, here's some more. Uh, Tiger Woods had three straight birdies yesterday at the Genesis to shoot two under. That was fun. Gosh, just so fun seeing him out on the courts with everybody. Man, what a what an electric Thursday at the Genesis. Like Thursday. Yeah, I know. With Rory and Justin Thomas, and then then you had to watch that Flames game last night. Mm. Then things got real in a hurry. <laughs> they got real. Sure did, George. Cause that was I was ugly last night down at the dome. Wasn't pretty. Uh, came out great. Looked good in the first 10 minutes or so. And then everything fell apart like a cheap suit. Flames lose 5-2 to the Wings last night. Uh, Red Wings all of a sudden red hot. Winners of what, five straight? Look out. Uh, they, they skated the Flames... Pretty much out of the rink last night. Lots to discuss when it comes to the Flames game. Uh, we'll talk about the goaltending. We'll talk about a tweet from a specific agent that mm-hmm. was making some uh, news last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I got a good poll question today. Well, not poll question, but question for our listeners on the text line. Sure. Yeah, I'm excited. What do you got? I feel like it's a little wordy, though. Oh, we need to trim it a little bit. Yeah, I need to, you know, give it a little snip. Uh-huh. Uh, the Flames have yet to win when trailing heading into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. Is that better? Is that good? I like it. Yeah, there's there's some words the there. Flames, the Flames have yet to win when trailing heading into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. Hmm. 960, 960, name and location. I like it. I'm going to have to uh, get it out there and see what people think. Oh, man, it has not been... Um, it's not been easy. You know, uh, this was another game where scoring an issue, goaltending an issue. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in this one, also a lack of emotion, a serious lack of emotion. That also was a screaming issue for me yesterday. Yeah. Um, of course, Tanev trying to take the blame. What What a soldier. What a great guy that guy is. Saying it's his fault they lost that game last night, when clearly it wasn't. But good for him for trying to take some some bullets for this team who looked completely dead and lifeless. Um Vladar was okay last night. That fifth goal was an absolute backbreaker, although the team was already down 4-2, and I don't know if they were going to be able to muster two goals to at least tie that game. But that fifth goal was an absolute stinker. And that's the issue with this team, right? They just let in bad goals seemingly every game. Like the goaltending just lets in a weak one. And I saw this stat last night on Central, and if this doesn't encapsulate what's been wrong with the Calgary Flames under Daryl Sutter, nothing does. Because obviously this is all Daryl Sutter's fault, according to a lot of uh, the text last night during Pat's show. Mm-hmm. So listen to this. Worst team goals against for a Daryl Sutter coach team. Here you go. Uh, the Sharks in 97-98, 266 goals against. The Blackhawks way back when, when it was a lot more open, Matty, 270-92-93. 
Hawks 93 94 282. But the topper, the worst goals against Sutter has ever coached, three for the Calgary Flames this season. A 3.00 goals against. Is that the system? Well, I don't know if it's the system because they give up the second fewest amount of shots in the NHL. So it's not like they're dead last in giving up shots. Then you could say, okay, I know why. Well, no. It's just they're not getting any goaltending. And he was asked point blank about it last night and said, yeah, we didn't get any goaltending. And obviously last night's game was not about just about goaltending and Dan Vladar's performance. The team stunk on the ice. What I'm just saying is it's just a recurring theme seemingly in every game that it's tough to win night in, night out when you're letting in a softy every game. Oh, 100%. It's, you know, what's the, the old the old phrase, you know, you, the, the name of the sport should just be goalie because if you don't have one, then what's the point in basically lacing it up? And I, it's, um, it's an interesting problem to have because if you're the Flames, you're looking at these two guys, you're saying, listen, Markstrom has been, what, a top 10 goaltender for the last two or three seasons going into this year. I think that's pretty fair to say. Dan Vladar had shown in limited sample size that, he can, you know, play in the NHL, that he's got a spot in the NHL, and and who knows what the future could hold for him. But then you get into a stretch like this, and all of a sudden you're questioning everything. And knowing that goalies are the most volatile kind of position in the sport, it's, it's an interesting problem to have in the sense that, you know, how do you address it? I personally don't, I don't like going out and getting goalies in the middle of the season. I don't think that's even close to being on this team's radar. But, like, even moving forward, you probably move forward with these two guys. Like, I don't know. Goalies are strange, man. It's it's frustrating. That's for sure. Yep. But I don't know what more you can do. Some of these texts are already like very good because mm-hmm. our lesson, our listeners never let us down. Uh, the Flames have yet to win when trailing heading into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. Uh, just so you know, Calgary now 0-13-2 when trailing heading into the third. Significant. It's, uh... <laughs> I would say so. Like... <sighs> I don't know what other rank, like where that would rank among the NHL because like we've seen this year, like it's been the year of the comeback, but it has not been the year of the comeback for the Calgary Flames. They've been on the other side of it way more often than not. But across the entire NHL, especially early on in the year, left, right, and center. Teams were coming from behind and winning games. Calgary has been unable to do that when trailing in the third. If I'm not mistaken, they've had instances where, you know, game's been tied, they've started to trail during portions of the third and come back and won the game. But that's um that's not great to be just going into the third and not being able to have anything. That's tough. Yeah, it, it absolutely is tough. Um tons to talk about with this five two flames loss last night to the Detroit Red Wings, and that's the frustrating thing too, right? Because that game in Detroit, yeah, they they peppered Philly Huso, but they didn't really generate much, and you'd think last night's game would be a game that they could bounce back from. Clearly not the case. And if you look at the standings as you wake up uh, this morning, Calgary now sort of out of the wild card spot, although tied with the wild but have played one more game. And out of the R-O-W, they're down. Uh, actually, they have one more than the Minnesota Wild. But uh, things are getting uh, tight here for this team to be a playoff team. And um, all of a sudden, you look at the standings. Flames now a full six points behind the Kings for third in this division. And that's something we talked about. Just get into the top three in this division, and you have a good chance of potentially advancing and, and doing something in the playoffs. But the problem is, you got to get there first. And the just inconsistency with this team is just maddening, right? You're just getting performances from guys that just need to be better. And I don't know about you, 
if Jonathan Huberto scores on that breakaway early, I think it changes the entire complexion of that game last night. It could, like, maybe I don't know. I, they still I don't know. get I just, like they still get the lead, right? Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, just Jonathan Huberto to score a goal like that, I think it would have been a big lift for this team. I will say, I it felt like he had a much more onus to shoot the puck and, and try and create a little bit offensively yesterday. Like, I thought he was around it yesterday, didn't get, you know, necessarily the results, and, and obviously you'd like to see him bury that one. Helbert got him with the glove, what, two or three times over the course of the game, but... I'm right there with you. And he, like, yeah, you score early, it changes the course of the game. This is a team that hasn't necessarily been able to hold on to wins for entire efforts of games. But nevertheless, which opportunity could you point to? He had a handful of them that if you look at and you say, if he buries any of these, you're in pretty good shape. But, you know, him, Peltier, Caudry, I thought that they were all over it yesterday, but couldn't find the back of the net. Also, those offensive zone penalties are just a killer, right? Yeah, and they're just a killer. Penalties were not great for this team yesterday. The two penalties that they end up, um, well, there was the the Lindholm trip, which you look at and you say, well, that's a trip, can't do that. They end up scoring on uh, the Michael Stone cross check. You know, that one was kind of tough, but. Nevertheless, those those will happen. You still got to kill them off. And yesterday, yep. the kill did not kind of provide the boost that it has, which is weird because they scored a shorthanded goal. And like Daryl said after the game, like you'd think that that would be the type of thing that kind of gives you a kick in the ass and gets you woken up and gives you a little bit of an emotional boost. But nope, uh-uh, not there. Yeah, we we have a ton to do on this game today. Um, we also have just, we're loaded up on hockey today. Our man, Luke Gazdick, 730 NHL analyst, former NHLer at 730. It was great on the broadcast yesterday. Uh, my pal, Julie Stewart-Binks, New York Rangers TV host, SNY, NBC Sports, Sirius XM will join us at 8 o'clock. Tee up that much-anticipated game against the Rangers tomorrow night down at the Dome. After all the fisticuffs and the big hits by Jacob Truba, they play tomorrow night. Probably a perfect time for that team to come into the barn to give the Flames some emotion and some passion heading into that game tomorrow night. And Derek Will is the play-by-play voice for the Flames on Sportsnet 960 at 8.30. We're all about the Calgary Flames this morning. After that 5-2 loss to the Red Wings last night, uh, still taking your text messages. Keep them rolling in. I think we'll bust out. Alex, can we bust out Texty McTexterson today? Absolutely. Okay, because no, no Patrick this morning. He's off today. Grabbing an extra and, day. And we're all off on Monday. Yes. Correct? Alex, are you off on Monday? No. Probably okay. not. No. Okay, that's fun. Uh, our intern, John, it's his final day with us this week. He'll have a Flames, uh, Red Hot Flames stat to wrap up the show and the week. No pressure, John. Um... But and I also GVP's wanted to here. say this. Yes, I know. The dairy-loving GVP, our backup technical director, is here. Um, I'm also a bad host, hmm? which is which is, which is, is the opinion of many people listening to the show right now, which is fine. Um, but I forgot, to, I forgot to talk about that story I wanted to talk about yesterday. Which one was that? About a guy trying to break out of jail. Oh. I remember you mentioning that maybe once. Yeah. Sure. So yesterday okay, afternoon. Okay, tell me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday afternoon, all of a sudden, I had that like, like that moment where like, oh, no, I teased it, and I didn't talk about oh, it. I hate no. when that happens. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that there's a lot Because we got wrapped of... up. Yeah. Yeah, we got wrapped up in fun stuff, like Ross Tucker talking about punching glass, punching windows in and cutting up his hand and chugging beers. Man, we had some fun with Ross this year. Remember when he told us about the 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 snap? When with, yeah, with, when, uh, when he who was that? Yeah, with when Bledsoe? he had a bit of an incident. Was it with, with his bum? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, man, yeah. those were fun. But yeah, we got yeah. distracted. We always do. There's things that are happening here. Yeah. 
I forgot to tell you about this story. So, and I wanted to tie it in with a uh, unfortunate celebrity passing. Oh. But, but I'm going to tell you it right now because I didn't do it yesterday. Because just a little bit of a break uh, from the Flames game, and then we'll just dive headfirst into it and talk about that uh, very interesting uh, agent tweet last night that made me laugh. So here we go. Uh, a man named uh, Jose Luis Diaz, nicknamed El Arana, okay. which is like translate to the spider. Okay. Yeah, this guy's a uh, this guy's a dirtbag. He's in a maximum fifteen year sentence for homicide. Why is it only fifteen years for killing somebody? Maximum too. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And this is uh, in South America. He is serving this. Uh, in Bolivia, he is serving the sentence. So you got to give A for uh, creativity, a D for execution. So apparently right outside this prison in Bolivia, they have sheep. <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Just grazing in the grass. Yeah, sheep. Yeah, of course. Sheep are around prisons yeah. sometimes in Bolivia. Yeah, go ahead. So this guy, <laughs> if you actually see the photo... So uh, Luis Diaz here, he get, gets a jacket of, like, sheep wool. Like, he just wears a jacket of sheep wool. He's wearing his prison pants, and he's trying to crawl through the tall grass to pretend he's a sheep. Mm, good. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they realize he's not in his cell. They look outside, and they see him slowly crawling in the grass, not even remotely looking like a sheep. <laughs> Does he? Is he? Does he look close? Does he? No. No. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I like the effort, though. Yeah, it's he's literally wearing a sort of like jacket of sheep's wool. Okay. And the rest is all human. <laughs> like he had his prison pants on, Are they... trying to crawl through. <laughs> Are they bright orange? Well, no, they're 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 dark blue, but mm. still, yeah, he had his prison pants, and it was crawling really slowly through the grass. I should we should maybe tweet out a photo of what this looks like. I'd I'd like to see. I I've thrown a couple of Google searches in here yeah. that haven't come up with anything. Hey, so. Alex, um, I'm I'm sending you the link to the story in our little in show chat on meaning words. If you can tweet out the photo, okay. Got it. All right. Let me see. <laughs> Great. So it reminded me oh, yeah. of. Good try. Real good try. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't. Re- <laughs> it doesn't really look to. It does- <laughs> he doesn't like really look like a vest. sheep that much. What is this? Yeah. How- he's like wearing a vest <laughs> of sheep's wool while he's c- crawling in the grass. Hmm. So it just reminded me of. We had the unfortunate news of. Probably the world's greatest sex symbol, Raquel Welsh, passed away on Wednesday at age 82. And she was obviously the poster, one of the posters used by Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption to escape, to escape from Shawshank. Mm-hmm. So that was a much more elaborate prison getaway by Andy Dufresne than my man Luis Diaz wearing pretty much a vest of sheep's bull as he was crawling through grass pretending he was a sheep. Again... A for creativity, D for execution. I have questions as to um, how did he get the wool? Um, how uh, how did I he get know. the thread to create this garment? Uh, how did he get out of his cell and out of the walls of a maximum security prison and into the field with the sheep? Maybe um, he befriended uh, the red of that sheep? Bolivian prison, of a man red. who's able to get things. Yes, nice. That's probably what he ended up doing. I'm sure that you can find a lot of those in these high-security prisons down in South America. Just a guy who, you know, can probably get you a thing or two. Like uh, a bunch of wool. Yeah. Um... I think most inmates would be like, yeah, I'll pack of cigarettes or something like that. But no, he wanted a lot of wool and yeah, maybe a vest to uh, yeah, he, decorate. Yeah, he tried... With. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk to. The story's not that great. It's just the man, he tried to pass off as a sheep, and it didn't work. It worked horribly. Um, but, hey, um, 
A for effort. I can appreciate the effort. Yeah, he put his best foot forward, and that's all you can ask out of the guy. I wish the Flames had the amount of effort as Luis Diaz did in Bolivia (laughs) trying to dress up as a sheep. They probably would have won that game last night. The execution has been relatively similar. Yeah. Uh, Very low. All right. Uh, Let's break early because we've been super late on the Rose Report here. I got heaps of stuff. Well, I know you do. Weekends on the go. Let's do the Rose Report. Do you want to do the the agent thing at the top of the 7 o'clock hour? I've got the agent thing in the Rose Report as well. Or should we save it for 7? Okay. Let's save it for 7. All right. Because it's an interesting combo. All right. I think. I think it could go both. All right. Um, (laughs) More on this Flames 5-2 loss. Luke Gazdick, Julie Stewart-Binks, Derek Wills. Text messages 960-960. The Flames have yet to win when trailing heading into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. Name and location, please. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. It's George. It's Matt. It's Alex. It's GVP. It's intern John. It's Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We're taking your text messages. 960-960, the Flames have yet to win when trailing into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. Calgary now 0-13-2 when trailing into the final frame. 7.30, Luke Gazdick, NHL analyst for Sportsnet. Julie Stewart-Binks, New York Rangers TV host, SNY. NBC Sports, Sirius XM, Derek Wills, the play-by-play voice of the Flames right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. We also got a Brody on the beat today. Yes, sir. So how how did it go last night for Brody on the beat, Alex? Uh, pretty well. Um... People are starting to want prizes. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> what? We're doing. What do you more, mean? Well, like, so we're doing more like last. This time was trivia. Last time was more of a game. I'm getting like, is there a prize? You know, like before, before they'll come talk to me. Um, people are catching on. They want to get something out of it. They want free stuff, hey? Exactly. <laughs> but it was well, a lot of fun. It was really good. Wow, I'm uh, I'm impressed that our listeners know about you. And that they want some swag. They want some drip, George. They want some. Yeah, you SM probably got to get. Can we please? Like, it, I'm sure our boss Art is listening. Art. Can we please get ten thousand Sportsnet keychains for Alex? <laughs> Stickers. Ten thousand should do it, right? Keychains or lanyards? I think we. It's a good place to start, at least, George. We might yeah. have to re up in a month, but. I think it's a good yeah, place Alex to should start. have a giant box. Hey, you want to answer a question to win a Sportsnet lanyard? Yeah. Or uh, Alex, you should just start giving out autographs as the prize. Oh, just yeah, just just autograph pictures like your headshot, and then just give yeah. those out. That would I really be great. The content flowing. You know what you should and do? Definitely, you should autograph headshots of Patty Dumas and give Ooh, them out. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It should be your your pictures when you had long hair. That you should oh, no. sign yes. hand out. Yeah, that's a good look. Oh, the um, pre-clean-cut Alex Brody, when you look like a stoner. <laughs> yeah. Like, from Alex, with love, and then you sign like a little heart and then your name. Yeah, a little peace sign on it. Yeah, I think that'd be... That would incentivize it a little bit more, you know? Sure, that's yeah. something at least. But did, did you talk to a lot of people at the Dome last night, though? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I got a good mix of, you know, kind of people who had no idea who I was, but there was a couple people that actually listened to the show. Mm. They heard us say the Which full Which is name. surprising that you only had a couple people who listened to our show. I would think the number would be a lot lower. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, but a couple people listened to the show, so they sort of got, like, the answer, but they might have struggled a bit. I'll say that. I'll say that much. Okay. 
I'm looking forward to Brody on the beat. Let's do that in the 7 o'clock hour, too. I'm in. At the top of the next hour. We'll talk about that tweet that was sent last night in mm-hmm. the 7 o'clock hour, and we'll slide in Brody on the beat before we get to Luke Gazdick. But first, uh, it's the Rose Report, brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Ah, gentlemen, welcome Where was, inside. Where's the Rosen? No, we're missing one there. It's fine. Hop on the train. Let's ride it into the weekend, boys. Uh, yesterday, the Flames lost. It certainly didn't give us an opportunity to end, did it? Mm-hmm. Part of an eight-game sked last night. Busy Friday with five games as well. We also had Tiger putting on a show in his return to tour play. There is a Tiger in the bathroom! And a weekend full of local action. So let's get after it. We'll start with the Flames returning home to start a three-game homestand. Rasmus Anderson back in the lineup, so Dennis Gilbert out, reverted back to the old pairs. Dan Vladar got the nod between the pipes with a chance at a seventh straight home win. Detroit, the opponent, the Red Wings had beat Calgary 2-1 a week prior. They were also coming in on a back-to-back, having beat Edmonton in a shootout the night prior. First 10 to 15 minutes, I, I thought the Flames did have a good portion of controlled play. They had some decent zone time, some good shifts, but really didn't generate a lot. Shots were 4-2, 15 minutes into the first period. Tyler Toffoli would take a penalty for slashing, and the opening goal came via special teams. Flames on the attack, short-handed, score! From the far corner, Michael Backlund just throws the puck out in front of the Red Wings net, and Elias Lindholm knocks it into the net. Turnover by the netminder, Magnus Helberg. Backlund and Lindholm make him pay. That's the 16th for Lindholm this season. A pretty tidy kill for Red. But shortly after the kill, the Red Wings would draw even. The Flames blue line and dump it in behind the net. Bounces in the near corner. Bertuzzi centers it. Kubelik shoots and scores! Dominic Kubelik puts the puck right through Dan Vladar and the Red Wings tie the game at one. A lost board battle. Stone probably served as more of a screen than a blocker as he rushed out to try and stop Kubelik, but he beats Vladar for his 15th goal of the season, tied at one after 20, George. Kind of ruins the good start the Flames had because, uh, as Mike Babcock Babcock always says, good start on time. And I thought the Flames Flames did that last night, especially in the first 10 minutes. I thought they looked good. I thought they looked fast. I thought they they said to themselves, all right, uh, here's a revenge game from the game we lost in Detroit last week. Here we go. We're going to win this game. And then things started to snowball in the second period. Sure did. Started when Stone took a cross-checking penalty. Didn't love the call, but that's how she goes. You still got to kill it off. Here's Larkin. Far circle. Fabry shoots and scores. Just 12 seconds into the Red Wings' power play. Robbie Fabry picks the top quarter. Face-off one. Fabry gets his seventh of the season, coming on the man advantage. And the Wings were off and running. Time for the Flames' hottest line to make their mark on the contest. Anderson will grab it, bounce it off the boards and out. Here comes Dubin, racing it up the right side. He shoots and scores! Dylan Dubin rips the puck just inside the near goal post. His fourth goal and seventh point in the last three games ties this game at two. So Dubé scores flying down the right wing side, which you'd, you'd love to see using his speed in that heavy, accurate wrist shot. But I actually really wanted to give a shout out to Tyler Toffoli on this play. Uh, during the shift, he gets into a little bit of a battle with Mo Sider down in the corner. He's late returning to the defensive zone because they're in a little bit of a, a slashing match up the ice. And then uh, as uh, Rasmus Anderson makes a nice defensive zone play, clears it up the boards. Toffoli realizes that Sider's coming for maybe a little bit of a revenge hit downhill on a pinch. Avoids the puck, allows it to get past him, eats the hit. Dubé picks it up, and we all know how it ended. That was an absolute laser beam of a shot. Oh, yeah. And now you're thinking, all right, here we go. Flames are going to start to take over this game. What a momentum swing. What a great shot. And then a short time later. Well, yeah, they actually went to the power play. And the power play was decent. They had a couple of chances. But then as soon as the power play was over... Adrian Bertuzzi collide as they fight for the pocket. Skirts in front, Larkin to Kubaliki scores! On a perfect pass from Dylan Larkin, 
Dominic Kubelik puts the puck into a half-empty Flames net. Kubelik with the double dip, 16th of the season late in the second. Still enough time for the Flames to take another penalty and allow another goal. Lindholm took a tripping penalty moments later. Tyler Bertuzzi would tap home his 13th in front of the net after a nice passing play. So the Flames yeah. are down 4-2 after 40. How uh, it was just shocking how the Red Wings go all Harlem Globetrotters there on the ca- on the Calgary Flames with all these passing plays on the power play on a penalty kill that's been good for a lot of the season. Yeah, and like both of those goals, really nice passing plays, and you can't really fault Vladar on either of those. No, 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 didn't no. Can't do that. The fifth no. goal, on the other hand, that yeah. you're going to play. Then again. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah, early on in the third. Yeah, yeah. throw to the clip, George. Red Wings going to bring it in. Suter shoots and scores. Nia Suter with a shot that he slides right under Dan Vladar. That is a tough one. Yeah, listen. It wasn't a banner night for number 80. That one is stinker for sure and just came four minutes into the third period. So that was pretty much curtains after that. Uh, Flames had a couple of chances, but really never felt like they were in it. The game in Detroit felt like an emotional letdown after the big Rangers game. This one felt like an emotional letdown before a Rangers game. George? Yeah, um, I know it was already pretty much a a very uphill battle for the Calgary Flames, down 4-2 heading into the third, and we're talking about that all morning. Flames now 0-13-2 when trailing into the third. But again, a total and complete back-breaking goal to let in by Dan Vladar. That puck just can't go in at the NHL level. Much like that overtime goal in Ottawa that Markstrom let in on Stutzla, that Sutter shot last night cannot go in at the NHL level. And I tweeted this last night. I want to get your opinion on this. You want to talk about Daryl Sutter just waving the white flag? Like, mm. not even pulling Vladar down three goals with, like, five or six minutes to play? Like, I didn't get that. I did. Like, is, are you sending a message to your team that you need to be better and you don't deserve the goalie to get pulled? 100%. Is that what that is? To me, that's what that was. Why, though? Why would you pull the goalie? The team was garbage. Just so you can allow another empty net goal? What's the difference? What's the difference between a 5-2 and a 6-2 loss? I think it tells the team, listen, like, I don't know. I. At you, that think, po- you think that not pulling Vladar sent this team a message last night? I don't know if it's it's not the overarching message, but you're down by what three goals? How often do how often do we see coaches pull goalies down three? We goals? see it in the NHL. Yeah, in every once NHL. in a while. Yeah, when teams sure. are pushing, like there was no part of me that said there is a reason for them to pull the goalie and push here. Like that game was over five, five minutes into the third. In other games, I would agree with you, but that one, I was like, I don't, why would you bother? I am. Okay. I just, I think it's just a a no brainer. And a lot of other teams and a lot of other coaches would have pulled their goalie probably even earlier. And seven minutes to go in the third, they would have given a goal and they would have given up the six in the empty net 30 seconds later. And it doesn't make a difference. Okay. That's the way I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised he didn't do it. That's something we can ask Luke Gazdick coming up at 732. Yeah, 100%. Like, is that a message for his team? Well, Daryl, And I know it's a three-goal lead, but in the NHL, we see that. Teams sometimes do it like 10 minutes to go in the third. They'll pull a goalie to try to get back into a game. Just what they do in today's league. Daryl Sutter last night, no bueno. I'm just going to keep Vladar in and just let's let's pack this thing up, hit the showers, and go home, boys. Lack of emotion in in our game. I was hoping that... Quite honest, that shorty, that shorthanded goal would, would uh, carry us a little bit. It's a concern of mine is after long trips, seeing it this year, first game back, a lot. So you need great goaltending to get through it, or power play, or big penalty kill, something big to happen. Didn't get that. Yeah, I guess they needed the boost earlier in the game. Didn't see it. Um, didn't pull the goaltender, and that's the way. That she goes. Uh, We'll get into it in the next segment as well, but uh, you probably saw it on Twitter, but notable NHL agent Alan Walsh with a little bit of a tweet after yesterday's game. Um, We'll get into it just after 7 o'clock as well. We'll get PR Patricia to read that one for you. But the next game for the Flames is Saturday against the Rangers. Mm -hmm. 
What could go wrong? Uh, no Sammy Blay for this one. As of course, everyone was very excited for the Blay versus Lucic rematch that I don't even know if we were going to get. Uh, but that'll be a Hockey Night in Canada game, 8 yeah, o'clock start on Saturday night. I don't get why everybody's talking about uh, Blay fighting Lucic. Lucic should be fighting Truba, not Blay. Like, Truba's the one who was blowing up the team. Yeah, I know Blay hit him from a borderline blindside hit, and I get it. But Truba's the one Lucic should be fighting, not Blay. Yeah, and it in my opinion, very well could happen. Sammy Blay is a is a fourth line like spare part on that team, who is just trying to stay in the NHL and be physical. Well, he, Truba's the one who is wreaking havoc on the Flames in that game. He's also hitting the, guys all over the ice. That's on, the guy Lucic should fight. He's also on the Blues now, so that doesn't help the case. It but, doesn't help at all. No, tr- that's that. It'll be difficult for him to fight him. Yeah. <laughs> But Truba will be there, so hey, take a swing. Uh, seven other games yesterday, including the Jets visiting Johnny Gaudreau in the Blue Jackets. Heaps of penalties in this one. Only 43 minutes played at even strength. Kyle Connor opened up the scoring for Winnipeg on the power play. Patrick Liney tied it on the power play. Game winner came in the third right after a power play. Controlled again. Whipped toward the net. They score. Ken Johnson. It was a screenshot. Riddick never saw it. It's an even strength goal. Ken Johnson's 12th is your game winner. Empty netter for Boone Jenner as well. Sees the Blue Jackets win 3-1. Not a great outing for David Riddick. Allowed two goals on 23 shots. That game winner a tough one for sure. Winnipeg had their three-game win streak snapped by the Columbus Blue Jackets. But that Central Division race is still an intriguing one. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, again, Winnipeg's starting to... Hit the skids here a little bit, Matty. Every once in a while, they have a little bit of a stinker, and that was not the case early on in the season. But, uh, you know, even Boston has had the, the odd off game. Not nearly as much as any other team, but it's been a little bit of a trend here. and Something to keep an eye on. There's a team I do wonder about as the trade deadline approaches. Canadians and Hurricanes. Montreal, the third Canadian team in action last night. Sam Montembeau kept the Habs in this one. Stopped 27 of 29 shots in the first 40 minutes. Tied it two going into the third period. But it only took five minutes for the Canes to put this one away. Cross ice pass to Hahn. Looking for deflection. Out front still loose. They score! Sebastian Ajo. Get it to Ajo. Ajo out front for Jarvis. He scores! Tick-tack in the lead. Carolina. Smartnick sends it across for Stahl. Sebastian Ajo's 24th, Seth Jarvis's 10th, Jordan Stoll's 15th, all in the first five minutes of the third period. Seth Jarvis scored a hat-trick, his first of his NHL career, as Carolina won 6-2. Andre Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo both had three-point outings as well. Looking at some games around the Flames in the Western playoff race, chasing the Flames are the Predators. They were hosting the Bruins. Little two-game central roadie for Boston. It was a siblings trip, George. Where uh, the, weird. the players were allowed to bring a brother or a sister on the trip with them. Just one, though? I think. What if they have multiple? Well, then they have to pick. Actually, I know that for a fact <laughs> because Brad Marchand's brother was there, and in, I know he has a sister, too. Huh. So you got to pick. Huh. Tough break for a sister. Mm, that's the way she goes. Um, the Bruins had to come from behind to beat Dallas on Tuesday, but in this one... Long wrister coming in from Ekholm, missed the target, numbers. and it's rimmed around. Here's Martian, two-on-one, left circle, sends it to the slot, return, Martian, shoots, he scores! Martian plays give-and-go on the odd-man chance and drilled it inside the near post. Bruins won, Predators nothing. They would go on to win the game 5 to nothing. How about this, George? Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand finish off that nice two-on-one early on in the game. It was the 401st time that Marchand and Bergeron have factored on the same goal. They're currently five back of the highest such total by a pair of Bruins teammates. Phil Esposito and Ken Hodge factored in on the same goal 406 times. Wow. Pretty impressive stuff for those two. Uh, and it wouldn't have been able to... Get close to the record if Patrice hadn't returned, and now it looks like it would be stunning if they didn't break the record by season's end. Also, shout out to Jeremy Swayman, who recorded his second shutout of the season. Bruins are a wagon, confirmed. Yeah. If they win the Stanley Cup, are we sure Krejci and Bergeron are going to retire? 
Um, this was actually, oh man, leave on top. Listen to all those Merrick and Elliot things, you get them all confused. But uh, they were talking about this week and they said, perhaps Craigie comes back, more of a question mark with Bergeron. Hmm. Hmm. As for the teams, the Flames are changing. Yeah, go ahead. No, as anyway, it was just without Patrice Bergeron. Again, the Bruins, that would be a massive hole. And then what do they do with their team? Especially with the Pasternak stuff up in the air too, right? Oh, 100%. Like it does, there's a big, a lot of last dance vibes around this team, but they still have some excellent players. Without a so, doubt. And and like McAvoy, when, if you can yeah, find a stopgap for Bergeron, because I don't know if they've got a, an outstanding. <laughs> Is that all? Well, listen, you've got Carlo, you got McAvoy, you got Lindholm, you got Marchand, you got Hall. Their forwards aren't as good if you take away Patrice Bergeron for sure, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. They're an intriguing team. And apparently they're they're hot after Chikrin too. Yeah, and they're involved in anybody who's available, so here come the Bruins. As for the teams the Flames are chasing, Flyers were in Seattle to battle the Kraken. Philly had been off for three days, but nevertheless, they hung old Carter Hart out to dry. Uh, four goals allowed before he was pulled. The Kraken ended up winning 6-2. to two. As for Vegas, they were hosting the Sharks. That fun rivalry. Sharks led 1-0 going into the third, but then Vegas tied the game. Paul Cotter goal early-ish in the third. The game winner came very late in regulation. Stevenson wins the draw. Petrangelo for Theodore. Shoots it wide. Rebound. Out in front. They score! William Carrier puts the Knights on top. 2-1. Vegas. 16 seconds to go. Will Carrier with his 15th goal of the season. Wow. Excuse me. What Uh, now? Yeah. (laughs) Is he in a contract year? Check that. Will carry 15 bingos on the year, and that one comes with just 18 seconds left in regulation as Vegas wins 2-1. to one. Um, Sharks not doing the Flames any favors in that one, George. No. Um, Flames now nine points behind the Golden Knights, and that's something we talked about on our show, going, hey, no Mark Stone for the rest of the year. Potentially, the Flames could catch Vegas right now. Nine points seems like a lot to make up here with 27 games to play. I would certainly agree. Uh, Mark Stahl scored his first goal of the year and versus the Panthers. Florida beat Washington 6-3. Elsewhere, the Devils were facing the Blues. Multi-point outings for Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and Braden Shen as the Blues won that one by a 4-2 score. Five-game Friday night includes a couple of Canadian teams in action. Flames going to be getting the Rangers on the second half of a back-to-back Saturday as the Blue Shirts visit the Oilers at 7 o'clock tonight. Elsewhere, the Senators battle the Blackhawks. Pierre Dorian talking about not trading Alex Dabrinkit at the deadline. Probably not going to move Hamannick or Broussard either as he held a uh, press conference yesterday. He being Dorian, not Broussard. Um, They're going to see how their next seven games go before they decide on their plan for the deadline. Dorian saying they have uh, plans to be a buyer or a seller, whichever way the team kind of dictates. Why on earth would they be a buyer? It would be like a minor buyer. I don't know. They've been talking about adding someone with term to their blue line for a while. So I wouldn't be shocked if they try and get someone with like Which, term, real but quick, no free agents. Do you think Alex Tabrink gets a $9 million player? Because I don't. Well, hmm. he's got 18 goals this season. Yeah, He's I, not playing with Pat Kane anymore, and he was racking up 40, and I know he looked great in Chicago, and that trade looked like it was a great move by the Senators. But you really want to give him... Nine million a year. I Does he give you Jeff Skinner vibes? Uh, not that much. I think okay. he's a better player than Jeff Skinner is. I think he, the, here's the thing. I think he's a better goal scorer than Jeff Skinner is. Okay. This is a guy who's touched forty twice, and I know Skinner's had a couple of really good years as well. But I think that in the right situation, perhaps we could see DeBrink have a better season. And and you might have to pay him nine million because he plays in Ottawa. Another very fair point. Uh, Ahead of the Flames in the standings are the Kings. They visit the Ducks, chasing the Flames of the Wild. They host the Stars. Elsewhere, the Penguins visit Bo Horvat and the Islanders, which is still weird to say. MLB pitchers and catchers reported officially yesterday. Jays general manager Ross Atkins talking about the team being in a great place and really like their offseason. A lot of versatility, a lot of balance to our, our team and to our roster. In addition to that, being really excited about the potential high-impact additions that we feel will take some pressure off of the young core that I mentioned. And that just puts us in a really healthy position to, to compete and, and take another step. 
Kevin Gossman was there. He was being asked about uh, the, the changes to his routine with the new pitch clock coming in and all that type of jazz. And, of course, we're expecting more uh, bases stolen with the bigger bases this year. It's going to yep. be interesting to see how the pitchers are impacted, maybe even in spring training, George. It might be something worth watching. Yeah, the stuff that Gosman likes to do with his glove and tap his foot, uh-huh. that that is a balk now yeah. in Major League Baseball. So it, it is going to be interesting. It's just, okay, uh, they'll implement this in spring training and early on in the season. I just want to see if it's going to continue throughout the entire season, if it's called astringently throughout the year. A week from Saturday will be the first preseason spring training game for the Blue Jays. Over at the Genesis. Phil, do not go in the bathroom. Yeah, will you put on some pants? Phil, there is a tiger in the bathroom. What's going on? Tiger Woods putting on a bit of a show in his round. Uh, playing yesterday at the Genesis with Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy did not take long for him to get the crowd into it. Lie here from the fairway just short. That needs to go. Oh, great shot. Here you go, Tiger. Beauty. Yes. Welcome back, Tiger Woods. Uh, birdie on one. That from the Golf Channel. Uh, he'd be up and down for a little bit in the middle portion of his round, but three straight birdies to close it out. Tiger Woods finishes his first round two under par, five strokes back of the co-leaders, Max Homa and Keith Mitchell. Lots of quality near the top of the leaderboard right now. Morikawa, Rom, McElroy all hanging around after their first round. Great showing for the Canadians on day one as well. Adam Hadwin and Adam Svensson both four under. Nick Taylor two under. Corey Connors is even. And Mackenzie Hughes is one over par. Did you catch any of this yesterday, George? Oh, man. Yeah, I watched a ton of golf. Dialed? Yesterday. Um, sorry? You were dialed. I was dialed. Yeah. Um, and I love how a channel, could you imagine a channel that's completely dedicated to golf waited until like four o'clock to show the broadcast when Tiger Woods was already on course? Did they? Don't they usually like? Well, no, Doesn't... yeah, they showed highlights because they had to do uh, Golf Central pregame. How about you just go right to the damn golf when Tiger Woods is playing hmm. instead of showing me highlights of his first three holes? Yeah, I so don't. So frustrating. Anyway, I'm sorry about back that. Back to Tiger. I'm sorry that your day back was like Tiger. that. Sorry, dude. Well, but it's just the way it is. It's like, come on, Golf Channel, show Tiger Woods playing. It's a big deal. That round yesterday for a Thursday was an electric factory, and Tiger finishing with three straight birdies was unreal. Vintage Tiger Woods. And did you see it on social media? Um, how he handed Justin <laughs> Thomas a tampon after outdriving him in the ninth hole. I did see that. Very clever. How awesome was that? He's uh he's back, baby. Yeah, he's I've... having fun out there. And by the way, hitting some bombs with the driver yesterday. Out driving Rory on a few of those holes. Like he was out driving Rory McElroy. Seeing some of those top and he's 47 tracers, years old. It looks so good. Looks so good. Now the question is, can he keep it up for three more rounds? Well, can he walk for three more rounds? Because exactly. apparently his ankle is heavily taped. But there was some vintage Tiger Woods there yesterday. And two under, really good really good round for Eldrick. Um, really looking forward to today's round. He's playing early with Thomas and McElroy again. And it's just it's just fantastic. It was it was it was great golf yesterday at the Riv. It's the NBA All-Star festivities this weekend in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm fired up. Celebrity game with the likes of 21 Savage and Simu Liu goes tonight at 5 o'clock. I have no idea who those people are. Uh, 21 Savage is a rapper. Simu Liu played uh, Shang-Chi in the Marvel series and was also in Kim's Convenience. Uh, The Rising Stars game goes at 7 o'clock. That's the biggest celebrities they have playing? I'm sure they've got some other... um, What's his name? Megatron, the receiver from the Lions, I believe, is going to be taking Calvin part. Calvin Johnson? Yeah. Uh, Corday, okay. another rapper, was going to be involved, but I haven't looked at the All full right. roster, so I haven't set my okay. fantasy roster for it. Uh, the Rising Stars game goes at 7 o'clock. Scotty Barnes of the Raptors is on Team Powell for that. Uh, the three-point uh, dunk challenge and the skills challenge will all go Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Sunday night itself is the game. It'll also have the draft. Bet the over. The draft is at 5.30. The game starts at 6.30. Pascal Siakam repping the Raptors, heading there as an injury replacement. And local notes for the weekend. 
Uh, the Hitmen will be in Edmonton Saturday night. They're trying to break a 10-game slide. They've lost back-to-back games against Edmonton. So they'll look to uh, break that additional slide. Then on Sunday, they'll host the Memorial Cup Kamloops Blazers. That goes at uh, 7 Chiefs at 2 o'clock on Sunday. The Calgary Wranglers host the Colorado Eagles Friday and, San- uh, Friday and Sunday nights. The Avalanche affiliate. Wranglers are 34-12-2. They're first in the Pacific Division with 24 games remaining. Colorado's 10 points back. And the Roughnecks visit the Warriors at 8 o'clock tonight. The Necks are 5-3 after back-to-back wins last weekend. How about the fans turning out last weekend, George? Between the two home victories, over 25,000 attending the Saddle Dome. You know, you got to go for the party. You stay for the dubs. Tonight's game is on the road, though. They're actually not back at home for a while. Next home game is St. Paddy's Day against the oh Saskatchewan Rush. Oh, boy. Yeah, that one will be uh, glug, oh glug, glug. And good night and green good luck to color. you, sir. Yeah. I, I, I might have to grab tickets because that would be... Boozy. What days think? What boozy. day is? What day is that? Is that a uh, Friday? George, that happens to be on Friday. Oh boy, St. <laughs> Patty's Day on a Friday at the Roughnecks game. <laughs> that, that seems like a recipe for fun. <laughs> Come for the party, stay for the blackout. Yeah. <laughs> Leave your car at home. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the one thing for St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Oof. St. Yeah, St. Paddy's Day is like the New Year's Eve for like novice drinkers. It's like you gotta yeah, just a good yeah, one. slow it down. I've seen some atrocities on St. Paddy's Day. So oh be yeah, safe this year. especially because the green food coloring makes everything so much worse. Yeah, and you wake up with a ring, <laughs> a, like a green ring around your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> for all the beers you've crushed <laughs> that are green. Your tongue is green. And you know what makes me mad when people are like, no, don't green my beer. Like, what? you can't even taste the green food coloring in there. I don't like doing it. Like, it's it. one day a year. I hate it. What? I hate it. Why? Because it looks... you hate fun? No, because it looks whack. That's why. You hate fun. No, I don't You hate, hate fun. fun. If you want to do it, by all means, but it looks whack. Like, from a guy who loves love, why do you hate fun? <laughs> that's, that's vehemently false. I love fun. Yeah. Stop no, it. You hate it. You're painting me in you this awful it. picture. Stop. Cut it out right now. I've right. had it. All right. Great job. I'm not uh, having the fun. Rose Report. Mom, come pick me up. Okay. Uh, the Rose Report. After you're drinking on St. Patty's <laughs> yeah. Day. Uh, the Rose Report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, leave it at home for St. Patty's Day, but choose <laughs> Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. All right. Straight ahead. Uh, we got Brody on the beat. Uh, we're going to do some text messages. The Flames have yet to win when trailing heading into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. We'll talk about that uh, tweet from an agent last night. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan.